Off the ball. If there was an Ireland job in the future, so I don't know, I think Brendan Rogers as a future Ireland's manager, I, I could get behind Subscribe this. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Welcome along, it's Wednesday morning, it is the 21st of June, if you want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you, you can leave a comment on the YouTube stream, youtube.com forward slash off the ball, or of course you can always get us at off the ball AM on Twitter. Uh, Shane is here, Shane, welcome back. Morning, thank you very much. Nathan is here. Nathan, how are you? How are you? Good. Shane was uh, at a festival at the weekend, Nathan, because he's a young man unlike us. So we do a festival, don't we, every year? Sometimes. Go to electric picnic and get yeah. the car to pick us up at 10 o'clock when it starts to get a bit cold. And have a little snooze in the, in the car on the way back. That's pathetic. Oh, it's, it's magic. I did a tent for three nights. Bumped a lot of off-the-ball fans. I brought um, I brought uh, in my little bum bag that I had all my supplies and I brought uh, a few little off-the-ball phone covers, you know the phone covers? Oh, it's just to hand out to people? Hand them out like candy. What? You're like... Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, it was a good crack. What is this, like 1980s local radio? Yeah, basically. Midwest radio, well, they were based at Ballyhonest, but once upon a time they used to bring the roadcaster, I remember they getting an in excess tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sensation. Magic. Sorry. Any, any chance? What would you? Any chance to do a bit of marketing, do you know? Was this approved? Approved by, by marketing. Uh, what did you bring with you? Off the ball phone covers. The, the, the already approved by marketing off the ball phone covers. You know? I didn't even know we had off the ball phone covers. Yeah, no. you, you've seen them. It's the thing. It's not a phone cover. It's the oh, thing, sorry, the sorry, cards, yeah, card wallet. They hold your, they hold your bank cards in the back of your phone. Where did you get a pile of them from? Oh, they're under the, under the but stairs. But you say you're handing them out. Yeah. Like, this is this is. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean I, I wasn't up on stage throwing them out. Like uh, you know, if someone came over and said they're a massive fan of the show, I'd, and you just had them in your back. Oh my god, them, you know? Shane, Shane. Am I getting given, given out to by by? I'm not giving out. I'm just saying. Team off the ball here for for promoting the show. This is a in a positive sense. Turn of events. Yeah, I've never heard of the likes. Elvis Presley used to give a brand new Cadillacs. There you go. Well, sounds like it's off the ball phone cover. Yeah, <laughs> off the like phone cover. I, I, when I when I say that, I did it twice. I did it twice to the same to the same guy and his friend. Now so, you're uh, having to backtrack and go only two people. Actually and were they delighted? Yeah. Uh, oh, they were happy days. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Send us in a picture of your uh, of your phone cover there, and uh, you, you and there. Shane at, in whatever stage of um, yeah undress. Den of iniquity. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, Nathan. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> he went for den I like, iniquity. I like how your brain went there. Yeah. yeah. That was a lot of fun, though. I think it does take a bit of time to recover from, from three days in a tent, particularly. A uh, bit of rain was seeping in. I, I didn't double double stack my tent. It was one of those without the um, the cover on the second No layer. double bagging. No yeah. double bagging. So, uh, yeah, I got a little bit, little bit of rain coming through, which wasn't great. Oh. Uh, got to get yourself a proper tent. Yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to upgrade for my next festival, I think. Uh, Colin wants me to read this out. It says, Shane's girlfriend is lovely, says Jojo. Oh, I did bump into Jojo. Myself and my girlfriend bumped into Jojo. Yeah, and uh, we got a photo. We uh, had a li- lovely little chat. What, Do you know I how think you know Shane has a girlfriend? Saturday? What? Do you know how you know Shane has a girlfriend? Go on. Go on. Talks about her never show. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even know you had a girlfriend. It's like, it's so, daily update. I'm so proud of her, Nathan, do you know? Oh, you should be. Shout out to Aoife. Shout out to Aoife, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think well, Jer broke the news last week, so it's, I, 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 yeah. I didn't bring it. I didn't bring her up myself, if you, if you remember correctly. But um, yeah, glad to talk about it. Will we move on? Or no, do you want to talk, talk about your wives? Yeah. Do you want to talk about your wives? We have, we literally have a podcast. Yeah, you know, sorry, yeah. is that all about the kids? No. Well, so. <laughs> should be. It's going to let the long, uncomfortable silence linger this morning. Yeah. 
I'm enjoying it. No, I'm enjoying it. Let's, I'm, I'm what festival were you at? It was uh, Beyond the Pale. Oh, yeah, where Beyond was that? That was in Lendela. Okay. State. It was lovely. Like, not, nice not small festival. Uh, obviously, Beyond, beyond the Pale. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know. It kind of went in a straight line down. Out and straight. Anyway, that's your uh, the geography podcast that we don't do. Mm. That we can do more on that. And um, you missed uh, one of the times that I did want to talk about modern football. Uh, oh yeah, when they when they uh, shot the bed against Donegal. Turns out though, finishing third isn't exactly the worst thing in the world. Oh, you think they, they, had, they got the handy draw against Kildare? Uh, is, that what you, is that what you think? Well, I, I, no, I definitely don't think that. But I think the the draw could have been worse. That's what he's saying. They got the handy draw against Kildare, folks. No, it was one of those draws. I think both Big time Charlie Monaghan Ulster football coming for poor little Kildare, who you know mm. got absolutely annihilated by the Dubs. I do think Kildare would be happy with the draw as well as Monaghan. Uh, it's one of those. We're keeping our counsel. We're smart like that. Yeah, but I know it's, it, it was a weekend of weird results in a GA sense. So I, it's hard to know where Monaghan and Kildare are both at. Um, well, we shall find out because Tommy Rooney is going to be along around about half past eight this morning with the official power rankings, not the other ones that are copied, basically cut and paste from Tommy's. And it's noticeable how everybody started to do power rankings, isn't it? It's like oh, that really works. Everybody's talking about it the whole time, but ours are the official ones. Mm just because we decided and we've been doing it the longest so that's coming up around half past eight Seamus Hickey's going to join us at ten past eight to talk to us about the impact of um, Declan Hannan's injury on the rest of the season uh, John Duggan's going to join us at nine o'clock and we've got Tom English at around about ten past nine to talk about the return of Brendan Rodgers to Celtic we haven't had you on Nathan I think since Brendan Rodgers got the Celtic job back you surprised? I was a bit surprised that he came straight back yeah, obviously does the personal relationship with uh, Dermot Desmond seems to have sealed the deal and Rogers is in such a strange place in terms of his managerial career, undoubtedly because of his personality, because I don't think there's any question Brendan Rogers is a very, very good manager from what he did with Liverpool, bringing them to the verge of a title and you can put it back in one game and he should have changed tactically when nobody in the world ahead of that game against Chelsea was saying he should have changed tactically and it all blew up at the very end. But still... Uh, did a very good job at Liverpool, did an exceptional job at Celtic, gets Leicester to the cusp of the Champions League twice. Again, much like the Liverpool thing, almost ifs, buts, maybes, all of that. But this is a, a top-class manager. Uh, and I think Celtic, uh, most Celtic fans, when they get over the, oh, he's coming back again, and the fact he left us for a bigger club at Leicester, and which is a bigger club, yeah. who knows? Um I think it's a good appointment. It feels like maybe a safe appointment would be the only thing that you would worry about him, that when he went to Celtic last time, he was trying to restore his reputation. Is he you know, is he getting on a bit in terms of how long he's been in management? He's obviously still a young man. Yeah, I, But I, is there a bit of, I'm coming back and I think this will be easy? I don't, I don't think he thinks it's going to be easy because I think that Rangers are going to start spending and they, they seem to be um, capable of it. But there's definitely an opportunity for him to do something good in European football. Like Ange's record in Europe, the performances were really interesting and there were some incredible matches, but they didn't back it up with getting out of a group or winning big games. Um, so, like, that, the, we were talking off air, he's like, Shane's making the point, he's going to have to win a treble straight off. It's like, you probably don't. You need to keep winning the league and you need to do something magical in Europe at some point over the next three seasons and that'll be considered a success. I do think, though, that he might have been as well off. If, if he really wants to manage a a top six English club and, and get an English club through to Champions League football where they're going to have the budget to be able to compete. The Eddie Howe template of taking a year out and waiting for everybody to restore your your reputation, like, mm-hmm. because it happened straight away, 
he's still associated with Leicester going down, even though he didn't take them down. But if he'd taken a year out of football and turned down the mid-tier teams who came knocking, the the Everton's of the world and whoever else in that tier, and just waited for the, the next Spurs job to come around the next time, like that's that's going to happen more than likely. You yeah, know? yeah, I, I think you're dead right. Like the stink of Leicester will hang around for a little while, but. If you look at the way the Premier League is going to be set up for next season, there's probably, what, seven teams who all feel they should be finishing inside the top four, which means there's going to be a lot of pressure on two or three of those managers very early in the season. And actually, you're a guy who's been at a big club. Yeah. You know what it's like to be the Liverpool Won manager. Won a trophy. And you can step in at Christmas and take over for six months and suddenly go on a run and you're back. But that's why that will be the one concern, I think, that this feels like a safe option. He's going back into the bosom of Celtic and he knows the people. <laughs> And he's comfortable there. Yeah. Well, just Eddie Howe took the year out, and all of a sudden was like, "Oh, this guy, we need to get him." It doesn't work for everyone, though. The year out, like you, you can, it can go the other way. Like Eddie Howe was lucky enough; he probably had the promise of a big job. He definitely had success in that year before. But like, Brendan Eddie, Eddie Howe presided over relegation. Yeah, I know, but he's still had a good, good reputation, I think. And like, he's an English manager; they get a maybe a little bit more leeway than than some other managers. I think that uh, much like um, Andy Murray, a lot of people in England don't know that Brendan Rodgers is Irish. Yeah, it's true. And yeah, I think they. I think they've. Anyway, uh, it's a safe. It's a safe option for Celtic. Like after Ange Postecoglou, you need yeah, a safe it's option for Celtic. I think. Like, yeah, one hundred percent. But uh, Rogers, like, is it is it a step up, down, or over for Brendan? I Rogers? think. Who cares? It's a job. Job's job. Yeah, he's going to take. He's got to do something in Europe for it to be like a success. For it to be considered a success. Well, so. his record in Europe isn't great. No, um, but like, no manager's record in Europe for Celtic is going to be great over the coming years. Like. They just don't have the budget. You no. need to massively overachieve. Mm. Ange didn't do it. Brendan Rodgers didn't do it consistently. And in fairness, Ange had the best chance of doing it because he was able to shop in markets where there was some value and that's not going to be the case for Brendan Rodgers. He's not going to have a competitive advantage with knowledge of Australia and Japan and um, Asian football. Like Brendan Rodgers is going to know the championship and the Premier League and the cast-offs and the best young players available there. And that might be enough to build something certainly that wins a, a league but whether or not it's going to be enough to get through a group which I think they kind of have to for him to be able to go look what I did that's the next stage of my career anyway let's move on because um, Stephen Kennedy's on the back of all of the newspapers today and uh, our award winners at the FAI Awards were you at the FAI Awards last night? No I don't even know if it was on TV it was if you're not on the judging panel I think I have been on the judging panel once since the Declan Rice saga you know, it wasn't held against me Rightly. What was your Declan Rice saga? Well, we gave Declan Rice the uh, under-21 player of the year after oh. he had uh, declared for England. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean... Uh, that, that wasn't... That, 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 that was your personal decision. That wasn't my personal decision. There's a panel of judges. And you, so the you Soccer like, Writers yeah, Association that, put forward a panel of judges. And you... Uh, you... <laughs> I was on the panel the year, um, so I've been on the panel quite a few times. I'm, I'm fairly sure our colleague Kathy McNamee was on the panel this year and uh, correctly chose Amber Barrett's goal. I'd imagine there was quite a debate about that because Nathan Collins' goal was a, a wonderful individual goal, mm. but there was such quality to you know Denise O'Sullivan's pass, Amber Barrett's touch, the goal, and all that. I remember having massive rows about context being key when it comes to goal of the season. Yeah, totally. That actually scoring yeah. in a important game is way better than a, a scissors wonder kick goal from the halfway line. Friendly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you were on the panel when they had to pick a goal of the year and there was no goals. Yeah, that was, was a another difficult time. one. So that year they ended up, I think, having to change it and bring in under 21 and under 19 goals <laughs> because the senior international team hadn't scored enough goals that weren't penalties or set pieces uh, for there to actually be a debate around it. 
The winners last night were Amber Barrett for International Goal of the Year, Courtney Brosnan, senior women's player, and Heather Payne, young women's player. Uh, Evan Ferguson was young men's player, Nathan Collins was men's senior player, and Will Smallbone was under-21s player. And they're all roughly similar. They're all going to have 10 years, hopefully, in the Ireland team together the next 10 years. And that's one of the things that um, Stephen Kenny is talking about. He's made an impassioned defence of his CV uh, at the end, at the very end of all of the press conferences, there is a piece that he does with the daily newspapers where there's no cameras and uh, there's no official audio recording made of it. Only, it's not for broadcast. Um, it's for the, the daily newspapers. And so um, it's in all the papers today. He, he basically has list, listed off the various reasons why he got the job in the first place and why he was the best candidate for the job. And... Um, yeah, the, the papers are treating it in different ways. Quite clearly a, a plan manoeuvre because he, he asks for space at the very outset. He's like, sorry, can you all step back? And he's like, well, this is my, this is my soliloquy, as, as some people are calling it. What was it, nine minutes in total? Someone said five minutes uninterrupted at one stage. Um, bit bizarre um, the way he's listed off his, his Wikipedia, essentially, and all his achievements. I think we're all aware of what he's achieved and the teams he's beaten in Europe at club level and the players he's brought through from the, the, the uh, underage scene at international level. Um, like, it, well, it does think of a manager under pressure for sure. Like, I don't think you you kind of go off on a on a speech like this unless you feel a little bit of pressure. It's a very very Stephen Kenny thing to do. Well, that's true. Yeah. In some ways, he's at his best when he's talking like this, and he's been in this studio many times where, again, you ask him a question about one thing, and he's halfway through it, and he just stops and pauses for a second, and next thing, there's six minutes of this is what I believe, this is what I think football should be, these are the players that I want to deliver success for Ireland with. And he's just a totally different character to the one you often see in the press conferences, which is nervous and looking around and you feel like not fully committed to the process of the press conference. And this was another one of those. It's hard to disagree with an awful lot of what he said. You know, he said, I've won more trophies than anyone in modern history. I'm the most successful Irish manager at this time. That is definitely true. Again, he talks about the amount of players he brought through. There's probably a slight little bit of exaggeration around some of it in terms of the amount of players who've actually been there and the nine years without a player being developed, which in some ways is true, but, you know, the likes of Alan Brown and Matt Doherty, who maybe didn't play at underage level, uh, have come through. It's just the timing of it. Uh, When you talk like this, when you're under the level of pressure that Stephen Kenny is, that it can come across as sort of a desperate plea for more time. And it's probably reflected by the coverage in the papers today that uh, some feel that it was Kenny, again, uh, giving his best self, and others feel this was uh, the last act of a man who, if you read the Daily Mail, and Philip Quinn says, future is hanging in the balance over the next 10 days, that the FAI board are split in terms of whether he should continue or not. Well, like... Um, surely we're not going to pull the trigger now when uh, and get a new manager in to take the two most difficult games? That doesn't make any sense. No, um, though you could just say that they're a write-off anyways. But, like, but that's they're not a write-off. Um, well, they're certainly not, because they've, or maybe because they've sold the tickets, they feel that the money is in the bank. But, like, uh, you know, have, having no manager... The, the, so the Lee Carsley story, which has bubbled up, right, and has... Um, uh, he's he's been mentioned by various people and he's in the papers today because England are in the Euros uh, the England 21 side in the Euros and it's a glittering array of stars so there's a lot of pressure on Lee Carsley to deliver because he has undoubtedly the best squad in the tournament and so therefore 
England expects and they will expect that, that, that he wins that tournament um, there's no guarantee that he's going to be a successful international manager right and I, I doesn't it's some one of the papers is reporting that they have yet to make contact with him um, but if you were going to like if, if there are board members who are like oh we need to get rid of him now well what's your replacement plan and is it definitely going to be better than what we have at the moment I, like, I, I actually don't think that there's any guarantee that anything is going to be better than what we have at the moment given the quality of the players that we have and I also feel like these two big games that are coming up are going to be the hinge point where we, we know we're totally gone or we think we have some chance of getting through. International football is really weird at the moment. Uh, Poland are in a swoon. Luxembourg won 2-0 away from home against Bosnia last night. Mm-hmm. Like Scotland are the best team in the world. Scotland in the rain. I mean, that game should never have started the way it did. They were amazing in the first uh, 10 minutes and then the game disappeared for an hour. But... Um, like the the bad results across Europe that are happening would suggest that it's possible that one of the teams in our group, hopefully it has to be the Dutch at this stage, um, have a catastrophic collapse from their perspective. Uh, but we're not the favourites to get through. If that does happen, you'd have to say Greece are. So well, like, the best scenario is that ourselves, Greece and the Netherlands probably all end up beating each other at this stage and it comes down to a couple of big nights at the very end um, and that Ireland somehow get their results that keep them in this because the playoff option you mentioned all those results they're not good for Ireland in terms of qualifying for a playoff it's going to go right to the wire for that but at the moment it would definitely be a struggle for Ireland to get a playoff um, with some of those as we would say teams ranked below us overperforming Moldova beat Poland last night Mm. which is one of those uh, you know we tend not to pay that much attention to the rest of uh, Europe's results but Poland are absolutely disastrous at the moment despite the fact they have a population of 40 million and some world class players this June uh, run of fixtures is one that the players do not like. You mm. talk to former internationals and they'll never say it publicly because they love playing for their country and they love playing for their country at any time. But they absolutely hate the June fixtures because the season is done. They're tired. Their mates who don't play international football are off on holidays. They're looking at their pictures of them on the beach and they just want to be there as well. But of course, they love their country, so they turn up for in June. But they're not at their absolute peak. Now, again... Part of the problem for Stephen Kenny is any of these excuses, he almost takes them away from himself in advance. Like they had the Turkish training camp. I still feel that the first 15 minutes in Greece sort of unraveled everything that they had worked on and not necessarily from a tactical point of view. It's just Greece was so good in that first 15 minutes and they penned them back and they had the seven, eight corners in a row. And it wasn't necessarily in that first 15 minutes that Greece had done anything tactically outstanding. It was just they were relentless in how they got at Ireland. And I think Ireland were a little bit shell-shocked after that, that they never really settled into the game. They never properly recovered. Greece set back and when Greece set back, Ireland were allowed into it at times. But that meant that everything went out the window that they had worked upon. And everything Stephen Kenny said in that monologue is correct. But then the results have undermined him. Yes, he has developed all these players. And it may well be that Lee Carsey or whoever's next uh, feels the fruits of that and the success and has the Evan Ferguson glory years where he's scoring in every single game and guiding his country. But those players, unfortunately, have let him down. Whether when they're pulling on the green jersey or just with how their careers have developed and they haven't developed the way I think all of us thought just one, 18 months ago. Yeah, and let, let's talk about that in a bit, bit of detail. But one caveat to that is that the shape of the team was wrong from the start. And so I, well, exactly. I, I accept that they were overwhelmed in the first 10 or 15 minutes, but the shape of the team was wrong and they didn't give themselves the opportunity to succeed. We, we go back to this, um, there was a hurling league game where... Cork made loads of changes at half time and everything improved in the second half and uh, like the the implication was they were working harder but actually 
they weren't it was just that players were put in a position to look better and so they're the subtle changes that good managers the great managers are able to affect and in fairness in fairness even um, Damien Delaney was making the point well credit to the manager he changed his plan at half time and it worked in the Gibraltar game so like this is not to say that he, he can't see it and he obviously has and I think that's the point of listing off the successes that he had is that like he has been involved in big European games against far superior sides to the one that he had and still was able to play good quality football and tactically analyse the opponents so um, but the point you're making about the Irish players like we needed Jason Knight to play championship football and to be one of the best players in the championship but instead he was in League 1 and there's still talk that he might be in League 1 again next season with Derby although there is an offer and he's gone off to think about that we needed Adam Eda to have a full season of football where he was scoring between 10 and 15 goals and leading the line and, and a number one starter for a team in the championship and for injury and loss of form that didn't happen we needed Andrew Omabamadeli to justify the speculation that he's now being linked with AC Milan and other teams and again be a nailed on starter and undroppable uh, at Norwich. That wasn't the case. And you can go through the team. Nathan Collins comes out of the team as soon as Lopetegui gets to, uh, um, to Wolves and he has not kicked on despite the fact he looks like he is exactly the type of defender that Premier League teams want. He's got all the skill sets. We needed Troy Parrott not to be outshone by Tom Cannon, but Tom Cannon arrived and showed, actually, you can score a half full of goals for Preston North End. And then you can go through the team, like, very few players, with the exception of Ferguson, and, like, obviously we're so excited about Evan Ferguson, but he plays game in, game off, because he's only 18, and they're managing him properly at Brighton. But with the exception of Ferguson, nobody else had a great season. Seamus Coleman had a great season, I would argue. He had one of, like, it was a complete renaissance in terms of his effectiveness and the role that he played with Everton. But after that, Gavin Bazuna was called out on, on television by Jamie Carragher as, like, one of the worst goalkeepers in the Premier League, which I thought was completely unfair from Carragher, by the way. And he, I think it's also bollocks, but I think he's going to have a great season next season. Like, where does Stephen Kenny point to the players going, yeah, this is all working out for me? Like, he's yeah, been. Does that not give Stephen Kenny a bit of leeway? Like, it's not his fault. No, it gives. An, no, it gives. It, gives, it should. But he can't say these players aren't. He can't say what Liam Brady said because his whole, his whole philosophy was these are our good players. I believe in these players. I believe that as, as Irish players, they're capable of doing stuff. Sorry, Josh Cullen had a good season, but then it's been abysmal for Ireland in, in that game. I didn't see enough of Will Smallbone at Stoke. Maybe he was excellent, but he still seems to be uh, in that adapting to senior international football stage where uh, he looks overwhelmed by everything. Malumbi in and out of the team a bit, more in than out in fairness. Tara Shea, really, really important player for us, injured twice playing for Ireland on Ireland duty and so didn't quite have the season that he um, he could have had. Even if you lose the French, French and Dutch games in September, like he probably keeps the job, doesn't he? You've only got three more games. You've got two months thereafter. Again, Finish depends the campaign. On the manner. Depends on the manner. Yeah. If you have your usual heroic Irish failure, maybe you get to survive uh, until the next run of fixtures and you get Greece at home and you see if you can win that one. There's also, is that when you make the change and a potential playoff next March, you give somebody a run of four or five games before that to get used to the players. But all of that is 100% true on Stephen Kenny and what he's had to deal with. The argument against would be if you'd kept some of the more senior players involved, that even though they haven't had good club seasons, they have international experience that they can fall back upon. And you do look at, say, Darrell Shane, the mistake he made at the back that almost gifted Gibraltar a goal. I wonder, is that... Like, that was put down as Stephen Kenny is telling his players to play out from the back too much. That's Darrell Shane not having played any football. Yeah. They, there's no way in the world Stephen Kenny saying when there's three Gibraltar players around you in your own area, mm. maybe try a little dink inside. 
no chance. Like that's just a bit of inexperience and a bit of rustiness in a player. But there's no guarantee it's going to change next season. Is the problem now? Kenny again is talking. You know, September we should be in a good position. Players yeah, but that's, back that's why it's but a big, big summer for all those players. We and just don't know are they going to be in the team. We don't know. Nathan Collins has been linked with a move potentially away from Wolves. There's talk of him going to Crystal Palace. Again, he's in that mid-table spot at the moment where we all see the talent but you're at clubs that change managers every six months he was also linked with Brentford which I thought mm. would be an amazing move if we could get it if um, you know if the manager stays there and they were to sign him and he was to be uh, you know picked by the manager that would be good I think so who knows who knows I don't think the FAI are going to um, make a decision next week like the FAI board is split who is the FAI board like, is Robert Watt in there saying, I'm sick of going to the Aviva Stadium and watching this? Well, I'm sorry. Your opinion of football doesn't really count for much around here. You're here to restore our financial reputation. That's your job. So who is making that decision? Mark Canham, you would have to assume, will be leading it on the football side with Jonathan Nail. You can understand why Mark Canham might look at somebody like Lee Carsley. Canham has come through that coaching route, would have worked with him very closely when he was the head of coaching at the Premier League, and that Carsley was involved with Manchester City and was then involved at the England under-21s. And I don't think we should write off Lee Carsley. Like the question over Lee Carsley is obviously mm-hmm. his lack of senior managerial experience. And I saw the point being made last night, I think it was by Ian Hart, of you know, he'd get players playing on the front foot. I can tell you, there's no easier gig in world football to get players playing on the front foot than being a manager of the England under-21s when you look at the talent they have. It's or, not or, real football. Or, or Man City. <laughs> uh, so, but that does... Carsley, like, we should applaud and laud Lee Carsley for the way he's gone about his career. Yeah. And the quality of players he has worked with at underage level and the way he's educated himself. And David Connolly was really interested on Saturday talking about coming to Connolly and looking for a mentor and Connolly being able to recommend somebody who sort of guided him through his coaching career. But the other part is this bit. This is the bit that actually is quite big as well. It turns out it shouldn't be for an Ireland manager. Is Stephen Kenny speaks for five minutes. It's printed word for word in almost every paper. You have to sit through 20 press conferences over the space of three weeks. You've got to be word perfect in every one of them. People like There's a level of pressure to this that is way beyond anything Carsley has experienced, anything obviously Kenny had experienced as well. But there's not a whole lot of other options out there right now. Like the Chris Hutton ship has sailed, you would assume, both with the job he's in at the moment well, and I think with the style of football. Like there is definitely a revisionism as to what went before around Stephen Kenny. Like the Gibraltar game, I mentioned this before the match, if you think of the Mick McCarthy 2 0, like that was. A the one in Gibraltar or the, or the one? one over here. The one, uh, so there was the 1 0 over in Gibraltar, his first game in charge. But then four games in, they played Gibraltar back here and Ireland had won. They'd beaten Georgia and then they'd drawn over in Denmark and they beat Gibraltar 2 0 and Robbie Brady scored in the last minute to make it 2 0. And Ireland had 10 points from 12. But that felt like a turning point in sort of the conversation around Irish football of we're top of the group here. But is this really what we want? Yeah. Like, the game was dull and dour. And now maybe uh, Monday's game wasn't much better as it turned out in the end. But uh, Monday's game had chances, though. Like it did, have a, it did have a lot of chances. And look, that's what Gibraltar will do. But people have quickly forgotten what it was like at that stadium over the previous 10 years, how people had lost interest. And, you know, I, I think not, it's not just the Don Deces of this world who feel that Stephen Kenny has done something, has done the right thing, has brought through an awful lot of very good young players. But the problem has been, tactically, All right. it just hasn't worked. Let me get to some of the, the, the comments here. Uh, would Ireland as a team be relegated, hold their own or get promotion in the Championship? Ask Shifty that. You were listing off the England under-21 side and, I don't know, I mean, Ireland senior team versus the England on 21s you'd make the England on 21s favourite would you? 
Yeah, you look at that England 21 squad, so 21 championship is on uh, this week. Levi Caldwell, Ollie Skip, who's playing uh, pretty much every week for Spurs at the end of the season. Curtis Jones, I who know, lads, hold on. had an unbelievable run at the end of the season. Jacob Ramsey. Jacob Ramsey. You wouldn't have the England 21 Harvey Elliott, it. Morgan Gibbs-White, Anthony Gordon, Emil Smith-Rowe. Listen, there's a fi- there'll be a have physicality you, the you would expect. Yeah, but that, that team doesn't beat the Irish senior team. What? No chance. Look no, at the squad. No, n- definitely no, not. No chance. No, no. Like, there's, like Please agree with me, Nathan. Uh, like, it's a very young Irish squad is the other thing as yeah, well yeah I know like, 11 starting Premier League players versus there's, one there's, there's not a huge if this was an three enough I would say a Mick McCarthy or Martin O'Neill Irish senior team would beat an England under 21 team no problem because they'd be just so battle hardened were they, were they, were they? or maybe to get the, uh, the rings around row. them um, uh, Kenny's probably our unluckiest manager ever but the dog in the park could see we were outnumbered out wide in the first half in Athens says JP Wright Kenny's not unlucky says Barry Power you make your own luck Three years of PR and BS is enough. Sack him now. Kean Rowe says, we have to define what success is. Uh, going to tournaments is success. Anything beyond that, you're a legend status. Kenny is held to a stupid high standard considering what he has to work with. I uh, think, thanking Kenny for bringing on... Uh, somebody's moved the page on me there. Thanking Kenny for... Uh, where's it gone? Do, do, do. Should the FAI be actively approaching young players with Irish heritage in the English leagues rather than waiting for them to come to us? Jude Bellingham, for example. Sorry, Joe, Joby Bellingham. The, that's Stephen Walsh. I'm fairly certain that we've done this before, Stephen. And uh, when you do that and then the player reaches a point where they're like, actually, I don't feel particularly Irish. And then they go and play for England. We're like, oh, you traitor. You betrayed us. How many awards you give them? <laughs> no, matter how many, no matter how many awards you give them. Declan Rice was the best under 21, so it would have been ridiculous not to give him the award, says FPL <laughs> underscore Rubber Ducky, which is clearly Nathan's burner account. Yeah. What's that meme from, is it Win the Chicks, the Ball, or Michael Collins, where the, the guy's writing down the, the names of the... No, that's, um, uh, that's it's Michael Collins, yeah, sorry. Collins, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Broy. Ah, yes. I, I, at the time, I made no apologies for it. No, certainly yeah, not Murphy's any apologies name is on right that list. Yeah. Uh, the FAI do that brilliantly. Like, they... They identify, and I know people have seen, is it um, Jude Bellingham in the Ireland jersey, Harry Kane in an Ireland jersey, Jack Grealish, Declan Rice in an Ireland jersey, but you know, there's only so far you can go with this. Yeah, what was the point of it in the end? Uh, thanking Kenny for bringing on Championship in Division 1, delusional, the talent ain't there, lads, end of, says Danny Mac 1. I think the point is, right, that we don't have anybody else to play in those positions. Uh, you can go through the players who were not picked or unavailable, um, uh, and it's like, oof, would Jeff Hendrick have made a significant difference? Would we have played Duffy, who barely played any football this year? And would that have made a significant difference in any of the games? Maybe he goes and plays every game next well, That season? question of, if Mick McCarthy was still in charge, what would the Ireland team look like? Or whoever comes in next, what can they do differently? Like, would it have been Shane Duffy and John Egan at centre-back, Jeff Hendrick in midfield, Will Keane and James Collins up front? We've never even heard of Adam Eady yet. We're still thinking maybe we should get him in the squad. Troy Parrott, oh, if it ever happens, like, would Troy Parrott have any caps by now? Never mind you know, heading for 20 caps at this stage. Probably not. Uh, the question is whether you value those 20 caps now or whether you think it's all been an absolute waste of time uh, the last three years giving these players this experience. Should we have stuck with the tried and tested regardless of what they were doing um, at club level? I'm not sure. I think the benefits will eventually be seen. Uh, but again... Like all of the positive things that we can say that Kenny has done are undermined by 
tactically getting it wrong at the big moments. The, the good moments have only been grand is the problem and the bad moments have been horrifically bad whether yeah. it's Luxembourg or Armenia or what happened on Friday night like Vinnie Perth was in here ahead of the game and pretty much called it exactly and it was interesting talking to Matt Doherty after the match obviously the stuff about the ref got more attention but when I was asking him about the difficulty he had you know he had a really interesting line on oh we had expected the wingers to play inside like that's what they always did but they played on the outside and suddenly we're outnumbered. Like, Somebody up that. in the stand needs to be able you to say, to, yeah. you know. And, and make the switch and make the change. And, and there in the stadium on, in Athens, I definitely felt after 20 minutes, like this is a game where you were well within your rights to make a change, make a substitution, take Anamita off after 20 minutes and bring yeah. on an extra midfielder. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, folks, I'm an FAI season ticket holder. Kenny can't go on the pitch and pass the ball. Players are regularly giving the ball away on simple passes. Folks speak of Kenny out. It won't solve our issue, says uh, David Bowes. Yeah, are we too obsessed, obsessed with, the job, with the manager's job in this country? Like, we obsess... O- no, of course we're going to obsess over it, but the players get away with, with quite a little bit. I, like, I, I, performance-wise, like against Greece, it was just pathetic. Um... We but need more people saying they're the worst group of players. No, no, I, I'm not saying stick the boot into the players, but surely there has to be a shared responsibility here. The manager can't take the whole brunt of, of it all the time. As you say, it's a pressure job. Every single word Stephen Kenny says is going to be scrutinised, and rightly so, but he's taken everything here. Like, and There's not even a mention of his backroom team, and Stephen Kenny in that uh, speech the other night was keen to stress the backroom team as well and point out how good it is. Um, but responsibility needs to be shared, surely. Yeah. The um, elephant in the room is Anthony Barry, that when he came in and his coaching brilliance arrived on the scene, that Ireland improved yeah. quickly. Yeah. And you can credit Stephen Kenny for getting him in the first place yeah. and bringing him in. Yeah. But, you know, the other coaches he's brought in just do not have that level of experience and haven't been able to make as instant an impact. I think the players probably do get away with it a little bit because of their age, because of their inexperience. You know, we probably still look at Seamus Coleman or Matt Doherty or James McLean as the ones that we'll home in on if their performance level isn't right. Like Cullen, anyone who watched Cullen over the two games, he was miles off. I watched back Friday night's game over the weekend and there was a moment, and there's a million different moments in a game, there was a moment just after McLean came on, directly from the substitution Ireland had a throw-in. And it was just so interesting to watch Cullen. The ball comes to him, it's played in by Malumbi. He's 30 yards out. There's a Greece player sort of closing them down. Malumbi makes this really good diagonal run towards the edge of the area. And if Cullen just takes a step forward with the ball, he can slot him in. Instead, his touch is a little bit heavy. He turns around, and within two passes, the ball is back inside Ireland's half again. And they're the bits that Greece did, that Josh Cullen... Is Cullen going to play in Burnley? It's going to be really interesting to see if he can step up to a Premier League level. But what we saw over the last two games, you know, Cullen was was miles off it. If, again, six months ago, we're saying Cullen is the one guy who's irreplaceable. Yeah, and if if uh, he doesn't play next season, it'll be John Egan, potentially uh, Coleman, and uh, obviously Ferguson, and that's it that we have as Premier League starters next season. Right? There's nobody else at the moment. Collins isn't the starter. Um, is there anybody else? Anybody? Bueller? Anybody? No, I'm just trying to think. Is there anyone? So, look, I think that there's a... there's we're, we're reaping the whirlwind for what has been sown over that decade when there weren't enough players who were coming through, and that was as a result of the uh, underage system. But to Vinny's point, the underage system has improved vastly, and we are getting players who are playing football coming through, and we're seeing more players 
uh, make it to the age of 18, the standard in the league is improving. And like this is going to be a long, slow, steady climb. Now, maybe the, maybe the correct answer is to is to go back to a boring 4-4-2 and just aggressively try and uh, pick all the big lads and play crap football and get 25,000 at the games but qualify for tournaments once every three goals and you never you're stuck in this kind of can I go back to that though nonsense. Well, that, that's, what, go back to that. that's what people are calling for that's what people want that's what everybody's forgotten uh, Confidence Wellness says I like Kenny and he's brought through a lot of young players 100% Nathan the way he just described a potential Mitt McCarthy team there now sums up the progress that Ireland have made we need to keep Kenny and give him more time what's the alternative uh Bielsa would have been perfect to help make average young players better. I think we're living in, in cuckoo land in this country sometimes, aren't we? Like, fantasy world where we think the likes of Marcelo Bielsa would want to take the Republic of Ireland international job. Uh, and look, that's we're why... full of our own importance, like. That's why Lee Carsley is, like, the only name that has... It, what happens in these scenarios is that um, one one name becomes essentially available, wants to do it, and is in the price bracket and the the whole narrative fixates around that and there's never this sense of like well we've actually we've had a a world class recruitment uh, process where we've we've sought out the very best and we've got and that's not to say you know Carsley could be a great international manager I'm just not quite sure about the timing from his perspective well the timing from his perspective so if England go and win the under 21 championship obviously it will do his reputation no harm is he going to get the England job after Gareth Southgate? Like, he had a very good career, but he is Irish. Are they going to give the Irish manager the England job? Well, that, I'm not quite sure they are. Again. And I think he's probably still looking at a championship job, where, again, you're in that never-ending uh, circle of six-month gigs here and there. So I, I can understand why he would want that Ireland job. And again, I'm not saying Lee Carsley could well end up being exactly what Ireland needs. Somebody... Because, and I know you feel that the history of Irish football is, we go from one extreme to the other. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. This is not the FAI of John Delaney anymore. This is a different FAI. And, you know, the football people who will make the decision, I can't see them going back to, let's just go old school. Let's just, let's just get results. Doesn't, nothing else matters. I think they'll want someone like Lee Carsley, who's a coach, who can develop these young players further. So, uh, Carsley may well be the right man. Um. Cristiano Ronaldo scored again last night. Yeah, two hundred appearance, two hundred appearances uh, for his country. One hundred twenty-three goals. I was it? sure he was going to retire after he got dropped, but no, he has uh, lasted everybody. And they won. Uh, injury time winner from Cristiano Ronaldo. One of those where the guy who headed it went to VAR, so he, you know, he had to have two celebrations. Um, He'd only love that. The player who headed it down to him could surely have scored himself. Uh, from about eight yards out and put the entire thing in jeopardy by heading it down to uh, Cristiano Ronaldo but yeah he got his goal so well done delighted for him (laughs) Uh, there's a brewing story around Chelsea and Saudi Arabia and the fact that they're going to be able to offload a lot of those players that they signed and get transfer fees for and uh, Gary Neville is calling for an investigation into it so we'll just follow that story over the, the next few days as well Bristol City are after um, Knight, by the way, that's uh, one of those stories that, uh, like, he has to get out of the championship, right? Or the uh, uh, League one. one. Yeah. Yeah, Bristol City, again, this is where we probably lose the run of ourselves when Jason Knight plays well. And he did play well um, on Monday night. We think, like, this guy needs to be in a Premier League. Um, but there are levels, and maybe Knight needs to go and have good season in the championship and possibly kick on from there. But 
I don't know what's going on behind the scenes with Jason Knight that you know he just can't seem to leave Derby just cannot seem to get the hell out of there um, uh, whether you know with his agent or whether he's happy in the area or something like that but he says there's really be. good stuff happening in the background of the club and they're very ambitious and they're going to get back up to where they used to be which would obviously be the Premier League and that would be an incredible story and you know he could he could bestride the uh, League One like a colossus and that could be excellent for his development but it feels like he needs to be playing at a higher level than that week in week out I want to see him at AZ Alkmaar or exactly what we see with Greece where players are playing around Europe playing Europa League football used to different styles of football League 1 Championship is obviously a very high standard but it's a relentless slog where it's a certain type of football you have to play we need our our players playing in different places learning different things Tomorrow night you're um Today is Wednesday, tomorrow's Thursday, it's in Talat. You're out uh, watching Ireland play Zambia, an international side who we have some hopes for, who are, are going to a tournament. Well, you know, a, some world class reality players. is going to set in for this team very quickly if things don't go well in Australia and the criticism is going to come on uh, uh, rather heavy, I would imagine, if they don't go well in Australia. Yeah, uh, tomorrow night, first friendly. So it's, we're what, less than a month away now from mm-hmm. the start of the World Cup. Uh, tomorrow night is friendly against Zambia. Um, which is the sort of warm-up to the big friendly then against France in two weeks' time. The squad is going to be named in between. We're doing a big show next Wednesday night, this night next week, at the Mansion House, um, which, I, if you're interested, I would, you can get tickets and um, check out the Off The Ball website. We're going to have the entire squad there. There's going to be some special guests. It's the big uh, formal send-off for the team. And uh, then they're going to announce the squad the following morning. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> tomorrow night, sell-out in Tala. Um, both games sold out uh, really quickly, so it'll be a really good atmosphere. Um, but it's going to be an important game because for those players, sort of probably between 18 and 26, 27 in the squad as to who are the final few. And so do you think that that's what happens in the team selection or will there be an opportunity for players to play alongside the, the best team? Well, there won't be because they're... Denise Sullivan won't be there. Uh, Katie McCabe, while she's in camp, I would be surprised if she started tomorrow night. She was arriving in a little bit later than everybody else. So because of... Uh, big gap again between the end of the season there's probably a little bit of mixing and matching that Vera Powell is going to have to go through uh, she's obviously seen a lot in training as well uh, that will help her make a decision but you know players have uh, recently in those friendlies played very well and Vera Powell seems to have responded by going yeah you've shown me enough there that you can get in so there will be a chance for somebody tomorrow night to uh, state their claim or else they'll just be the Matt Letizia of the whole thing and turn up wow us all and Vera Powell goes no not, not interested yeah alright um, the news came through as well that uh, Neil McManus has retired from Antrim Hurling it's one of the all time great hurling careers but very much off Broadway and so doesn't always get the uh, care and attention that he deserved but it was a sensational career that he put together and he announced his retirement yesterday which I don't think it's carried in any of the papers this morning but uh, Nathan good stuff thanks very much for that OTB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now